Hi, I'm Michael Sunoff, founder and CEO of HardToFindSeminars.com. For the last five years, I've interviewed the world's best business and marketing minds. Along the way, I've created a successful publishing business, all from home, from my two-car garage. When my first child was born, he was very sick, and it was then that I knew I had to have a business that I could operate from home. Now my challenge is to build the world's largest free resource for online downloadable MP3 audio business interviews. I knew I needed a site that contained strategies, solutions, and inside angles to help you live better, to save and make more money, to stay healthier, and to get more out of life. I've learned a lot in the last five years, and today I'm going to show you the skills you need to survive. you show me and is it possible for me to get into the retail business where I'm not trapped as an employee of the business where I can bring in good management to handle and run everything so I can focus on growing new stores? Is this possible today? Hi, this is Michael Sinoff with Michael Sinoff's HardToFindSeminars.com. Get ready because I have a 45-minute interview with an expert on retailing. His name is Mark Joseph. He has 30 years of experience in retailing and wholesaling. He's the CEO of Dollar Days International. Dollar Days International is a premier Internet-based product wholesaler who wholesales to small businesses and local distributors. DollarDays.com is their website. It's a virtual warehouse where small business owners can find incredible deals on small business size orders for more than 30,000 consumer products from toys and household decor to apparel, electronics, and even seasonal merchandise. Due to their innovative business model, Dollar Days prices are not only often far lower than those which most businesses are accustomed to, but the offerings include many name brand products as well is rock bottom pricing on overstocks and closeout items. Mark Joseph has had extensive experience in the closeout industry working with one of the world's largest suppliers of closeouts who is selling to Walmart, the world's largest retailer. Now, as a result of helping Dollar Day customers, Mark Joseph wrote The Secrets of Retailing or How to Beat Walmart where he details how small businesses can compete in even when against Walmart and other giant retailers that come to their towns. In addition, he provides expert advice to independent retailers of all sizes on the nuts and bolts of setting up a successful retail chain in everything from the psychology of buying and hiring employees to working successfully with vendors and promoters and even on getting financing. This audio interview is a goldmine of information if you're considering getting into the retail business or have an existing retail operation. So let's get going and I hope you enjoy. Now, I was reading in some of my research that the dollar store industry is one of the largest and fastest growing segments of the retail industry. Well, Retail Forwards, which is a company out of Columbus, Ohio, that does predictions, says there's going to be another 9,000 more dollar stores in the U.S. by the year 2009. What do you think about that? 9,000 dollar stores. Has the concept taken off internationally? Yes. Interesting you say that. I was the keynote speaker at the Dollar Store Expo last month, and I was approached by this company in India. They had just started in India. They had 36 stores, 
and they were going to turn their chain into the national dollar store of India. So it is happening all over the world. What do you think makes this concept work so well, the dollar store, 99 cent store? Several different reasons. Number one is it's easy to understand. It's very easy for the customer. When I was running Everything's a Dollar Store out of Milwaukee, we had 420 of them. Whenever a customer walked in, they said, how much is it? We yelled, everything's a dollar. So when you think about it, from a customer standpoint, they don't have to take a look at everything. Oh, has this got real value or not? They look at everything on the shelf. They say, well, it's a buck. I know it. That's what everything sells for. So first of all, it's very easy for the customer to understand. Second of all, the reason that you've got this rush of people going into the dollar store business is that they average $250 a square foot and the return on investment is 55%, which is very high in the retail industry. So it's a way to very quickly turn over a lot of money. So the third reason that people go into the dollar store business is it's very easy to play off the chain stores traffic. In other words, you got major grocery stores, you got major drug stores, you got major discount stores doing heavy advertising to drive people into their shopping center. So all you need to do is locate near one of those kinds of stores and you can go ahead and start to really play off the traffic of these stores without having to go out and spend a lot of money advertising because you've got different products and you get a better price point. Another reason that these dollar stores have really started to take off is the quality of imported goods has increased dramatically. I mean, when this whole concept started back in the late 80s, it was just putting a bunch of product together that was worth a dollar. But what happened is the merchants in this industry realized that if they're going to have any kind of sustainability in a kind of concept, that they've got to show real value. So what has evolved over the last 15 years is that the quality of goods is improved dramatically so that when you buy something for a buck, it's showing much more value. So when these people are overseas building product and finding product, it's better quality than it was 15 years ago. That's probably the first impression people get is what can you get for a dollar? And I think a lot of people have had experience. They go to the dollar store and the products are just imported from China. It's got that reputation of cheap, under-quality items. So how have you seen the industry increase the quality? and has it increased the price on the items? Well, what's happened is because there's more and more volume coming out of this industry, they're able to get the prices down on a lot of the products they have made. Another reason is private label brands are starting to pop up in different stores, and obviously private label brands create customer loyalty if they're good quality, and for the store it helps create higher margins so they can make more money on that. So a lot of focus has been done in the dollar store industry to create a brand that is recognizable in their customers so they come back that has more value. For instance, in shampoo, it may have another 12 ounces than a regular dollar store product. So it'll create the value of the private label. But the interesting thing, and this is just a new phenomenon over the last few years, is that national brands are now supplying this new channel distribution. What happened is initially when the dollar store business started, national brands kind of said, ah, it's just another concept, it'll die. But because of the volume that is coming through this new channel distribution form, they can't ignore it. So what's happening is when you walk now into the better quality dollar stores, they have national brands on the shelf. Now, it may be a little bit different than what's sitting in Walmart or Target. It may be a different ounce size, maybe a different package size and so forth. But the national brands are realizing, yeah, this is a billions of dollar industry. I'm not going to give up on this. I need to participate too. So you now have your mainstream vendors starting to participate in the dollar store business. What kind of volume can the dollar store industry in the United States produce? I mean, how much volume is the dollar industry producing currently? Well, each store, if it's run correctly, can do a million dollars. 
So you take the amount of stores that are out there, and it's probably a 30 to $40 billion industry currently. What's the success rate on a retail dollar store? Of course, we know that the business is good as the owner and how it's run. What have you seen through your experience? How large or small of a failure rate is there for someone who attempts this if they follow directions? We are seeing from our standpoint, and our standpoint is DollarDays.com, where we supply a little over 30,000 different products to independent businesses who are competing against chain stores. And we are seeing a lower failure rate in the dollar store business than we are in the apparel business and the drugstore business and the gift shop business because I think the formula is so simple to follow in that you know what you're going to sell the goods for. You know you're going to sell them for a dollar if it's a true just one dollar store. You know what you have to pay for the goods. And so the formula is very easy to understand. So I think that's why there's a smaller failure rate plus the traffic is much higher in these stores because if you can have the right assortment, it creates a weekly business repeat. What's the nature of the dollar store shopper? They come in consistently for toothpaste or mouthwash or the consumable goods. Has the industry established what the average purchase for a shopper in a dollar retail store is? You're listening to an exclusive interview found on Michael Sinoff's hardtofindseminars.com. It used to be $7. In other words, you would come into a dollar store and you'd buy seven items. Again, very simple to understand. But over the last couple of years, it's inched its way up to around $12. So all of a sudden now, even if you have the same amount of traffic, you have an increase in your average sale. So they're coming in for $12 worth of goods versus $7. And the reason being is that the dollar store industry and the owners, obviously, in that industry realize that if they carry more and more kind of basic items, basic items would be health and beauty care, would be cleaning supplies. A lot of them have started to put in the refrigerator so they carry milk so people come by every week and so forth. That if you have the right assortment, you can get that average sale up. Now, the interesting thing about dollar stores in general is where to locate them. Initially, most dollar stores were located in low-income neighborhoods because they figured, well, I've got the price and so forth, and we'll get the low income coming in. But what's happened is because the dollar store business has turned into more of a treasure hunt for middle and upper income people, that more and more dollar stores are locating themselves at the border or in middle class neighborhoods. Reason being is that if they're located in low end neighborhoods, middle class doesn't come in to buy. But if they're located in middle class neighborhoods, you have the middle class neighbors who are very comfortable buying there, but the low incomes to the middle class to buy. And you've seen some big jumps in volume compared to lower class, compared to middle class? Absolutely. Because what happens is the lower class buys a dollar store because of their needs. They need the milk for the week. They need the shampoo. They have to have that kind of stuff, and they can survive at buying it for a dollar. Whereas the middle class buys some for needs, but most of it buys for once. So that they come in, oh, it's Christmas time, we need some Christmas things. Halloween, isn't that a cute gift? Let's pass it out to the neighbors. So it's a combination of people that need product and people that want product, and that's why the more successful dollar stores are located in the middle class or in the middle class right on the edge of where low-income areas are. Well, I found your book on Amazon called The Secrets of Retailing or How to Beat Walmart, and that brings me up to a point. Walmarts are moving into communities, and they're really hurting the small retail business. Tell me, why did you write this book? Can you really show me how to compete with Walmart if I'm a small retailer, even though I'm not a dollar store? Those are lots of questions, so let me try to answer one of them at a time. The reason that I wrote the book 
is at DollarDays.com, we were getting 300 phone calls a month by people who said, I want to go into the retail business, but I'm not really sure how to do it. Can you help me? So we spent a lot of time on trying to explain how to go into business. So I said, I'll write a book. So I sat down and I started writing the book. It's a step-by-step book on really how to go into business. But as I was writing it, it really became apparent to me that the book is written for people already in business. It was a gut check to make sure that you've got all your I's dotted and your T's crossed, that you're in the right location, you're finding the right vendors, you're doing the right marketing to drive customers and traffic and repeat business into your stores. So that's really why the book turned out to be a book for people already in business to make sure that they haven't forgotten a lot of the things that we all think about when we start, but we forget after time. Can we talk about a couple things before we move on to the next about retailing? Sure. Okay, let me ask you this. Isn't it too late to open up a retail store? I mean, you've got Internet, you've got Walmart there, you've got Target. Are people going to small retail stores? Are the large retailers like Target and Walmart making it very difficult for retailers to compete? Let me answer that by going back to a survey we did on DollarDays.com this spring. We asked our customers, did you go into business before or after chain store open your area? Interestingly enough, 34% said before and 66% said after. So a third were in business, and I think our customers are kind of the idea of what's going on in America. Now, are your customers just dollar stores or all kinds of retailers? Our customers are all kinds of retailers. Our number one kind of customer are apparel stores. We sell into men's, women's, and kids' apparel stores. Our number two customer base are gift shops. And then it's drugstores, convenience stores, and so forth. About 20% of our business are involved with the dollar store business, but everything else is based on any kind of retail store there is in America. So we do a lot of pet shops and so forth. I think our customer base is pretty relevant to what's going on in America today. So a third of our customers were in business before the chain store came into town, and two-thirds went into business afterwards. So that kind of says, okay, well, going into business against chain stores is not dying. It seems to be picking up. So then we asked them, if you were open after the big box came into your community, what made you do that? What made you confident to say, I'm ready to open up my store? 50% said that they did this because they had unique items. What happens is when a chain store opens up in your area, it creates all kinds of different niches because they can't carry everything. They're a mass production. They have to have certain things. So it opens up for unique items. So 50% said that they opened up because they felt they could carry some very unique items. 27% said they could compete on price. You always think of, well, chain stores are going to kill you on price. So 27% says I could beat these guys on price. Interestingly enough, only 14% said that they could compete on customer service. And you always think of small stores as well, they're going to beat them on customer service. But that wasn't the intent when these people opened up their businesses. 14% said that customer service, we're going to do a much better job than the big guy. Then we asked them the question, if you were open before the retail giant came to town, has your business suffered? 32% said yes. Third of them said, yeah, I'm still in business, but it, it suffered a little bit. 25% said no, and 34% said that it stayed the same. That kind of gives you an idea of what's going on with the people already in business. Then we asked the question, if you were open before, did you have to change your approach to doing business? 34%, a third of them, said yes, they changed their merchandise. So the chain stores came in, they had their assortment, they went back out, and they said, well, okay, here's where I'm going to change my merchandise assortment. 23% said that they increased their marketing spend, that they went out there and they went out and told more people about who they are. But 41% said they stayed the same, they didn't do anything. I've got my concept, this is what I believe in, and I'm going to take on the big guys. So then we asked them, why do people shop in your stores versus the retail giants? 16% still selection. 
41% said price. They come to me because I'm cheaper than the big guys. 34% said they come to me because my customer service is much better. And then 9% said that it was convenient. So then we said to them, who do you consider your competition? These are independent stores located in the same towns the chain stores are. 52% said chain stores, but interestingly enough, 48% said other small businesses. That's who I compete against. So to answer your question in a long way is we and I and DollarDays.com feel that this is absolutely the best time to go into business if you're an entrepreneur for a couple reasons. One is the technology of today is so much more efficient than it was 10 years ago and so much cheaper. 10 years ago, the chain stores had all this sophisticated technology. They could tell you who was coming in and who was buying and where your inventory was and so forth. Now, with the price of technology coming down, independent stores can have that same type of technology, but on a smaller scale. They know who their customers are. They know what the wants are. They know what the sales are. They know how to control their inventory. So you've got this whole technology thing that makes it competitive for independents to go against chain stores. But the other thing I think you just touched upon a little earlier is the Internet. The Internet now has leveled the playing field so that you as an independent business sitting in a small town, if you've got the right product and the right niche and the right goods, you can sell it on the Internet. And because the playing field is level, you can sell now not only across town, across the state, but across the world. So the Internet has opened up for independent businesses a whole new channel of distribution that if they've got the right product at the right price at the right time, that they can really do a lot of business. So that's why this is absolutely the best time to go into business. Great. You also talk about in Chapter 2 the psychology of buying or why you want, what you want, when you want. What is this about? What is the psychology of buying and what have you learned through your experience in your work with retail about that? Well, what's very interesting and this is a generalization. So it was just reinforced on an interview I heard the other week about men versus women and the psychology of buying is that the two distinct customers, again, I'm not offending men or women. This is just a generalization. But as you're approaching a woman buyer versus a male buyer, you're going to have a whole different mindset. Interestingly enough, the male buyer goes in there in the back of their mind. They know exactly what they want. They don't ask any questions. They go right to the place they want it. They buy it and they move on. Whereas the female buyer in general is much more shopping as an experience. They spend more time. They think through the whole thing. They enjoy it a lot more than men. Now, this is changing a little bit, obviously, with divorces and single parents and things like that, where the men have to assume more of a role that they weren't used to before. But in general, there's a whole big difference between men and women shopping. So depending on what kind of store you have and what kind of customer base you have, that's how you end up marketing your store. And for instance, men don't like to ask questions. I'm one myself. I know that. But women do. I heard last week in a survey that women speak 7,000 words a day. Men speak 4,000 words a day. So what that tells us is your whole customer service structure, how you put things on your shelf, what are you featuring, what do you want to sell, is based on what kind of traffic you're getting in through your stores. Can you take me back to a little bit of your history in retail? Why should we listen to you? And what has been some of your history and experience in all this? The reason you should listen to me is that I've been in this industry for a little over 30 years. I was in the department store industry with federated department stores for 13 years. That's where I really learned the basics of retailing back in the 70s when department stores were the kings and they spent all this money on training and making sure all the people knew what was going on. What were you doing with them? I started off as an assistant buyer. I was a buyer and a senior buyer and a merchandise manager and I was a divisional merchandise manager and I ran stores and so forth. So I had the whole gamut from soup to nuts, from merchandising operations, from the department stores. And then I went into department stores where the kings was in the 70s and early 80s. 
then I went into the discount business. I went into a chain of stores called Bills out of Jackson, Mississippi. When I joined them as the general merchandise manager, we had 200 stores, and when I left, we had 541. So we were the Walmarts of the smaller towns. When Bills opened up, we carried everything, all the categories and so forth that Walmart carried, except we went into a little bit smaller towns because our stores were anywhere from five to 10,000 square feet. And so that was the discount business. Then the dollar store business emerged, and I went with everything's a dollar store. General merchandise manager started when they had 60 stores, and I left when we had 420 stores. All company-owned stores? All company-owned stores, all in the major mall areas. So if you went in any of the major malls in the country, everything's a dollar store was one of the stores within the mall. And this was really the beginning of the whole dollar store concept. Then I went the other way. I decided to go into the wholesale and closeout business. So I became the senior vice president of marketing and merchandising for Action Industries based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Action Industries was the largest supplier to grocery stores and drug stores and discount stores of dollar day kind of merchandise. Let's say you walk into a Safeway. In the front, they would have these boxes of one, two, three, four, five dollar goods. Those all came out of Action Industries. Even in Target, they have that right when you walk into the front. And at that time, Walmart was our biggest customer. Wow, so all the major retailers are doing a little mini dollar store in their stores. Exactly. They're not doing a good job at it, but they are doing a little mini dollar store. So at that time, Walmart was our major customer. And so whereas I was a compete with Walmart when I was with Bills, I was a supplier of Walmart when I was with Action. What was it like working with Walmart? Interesting. How many divisions were you supplying? I think we were supplying the majority of their divisions at the time. And so we were dealing with both the regional and the corporate people. Were they easy to work with? Obviously, they were big orders. It was a much easier thing to do when you're dealing with one store buying millions of dollars rather than hundreds of stores buying thousands of dollars. Did they pay on time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they paid on time. But obviously, what they always do to manufacturers, price was an issue. Did you ever have to go down to Bentonville? Yes. And you met with the buyers? Yes, absolutely. So who determines the price, you or them? Well, you as a vendor determine what price you're going to sell it to. They, as a retailer, and I encourage all of our customers to do the same thing, is negotiate down to the best price you possibly can. So that's the way it works. You know, you've got an item that retails for a dollar in a store. Can you break down the cost and pricing structure today, since you now have Internet and distribution through the Internet, and compare that to how the structure works, maybe through wholesalers and jobbers, and why it's better for the retailer now to do all their buying through the Internet rather than the old way, and how it can mean more profit for a retailer? Well, you've got to realize that the Internet is the next channel of distribution of product. Show me the old way before the Internet and where the profits were going to. Ten years ago, a vendor could afford to send a salesman to the stores. And you would sit down with the store owner and you'd go over your products, you'd have samples, you'd have catalogs and so forth, and you'd pick out the products you need. Well, today, ten years later, with the cost of gas and expense account and salaries and so forth, it's not worth it for a vendor to send their salespeople into a small store if they're outside of a major city for a five or a thousand dollar order. It's just not worth it anymore. But that's the way it used to be. Today is the same, and it used to be more earlier on. Is if you're a business owner, you go to trade shows. We're going to a trade show next month in Las Vegas called the ASD, the Associated Surplus Dealers Show. There'll be 30,000, 40,000 people there. There'll be five, 6,000 vendors there. And you can go to these trade shows and you can buy products walking up and down these aisles. But that's expensive today versus last year or 10 years ago. Same thing for your flight and your hotel. You're away from your store for three, four days. Who's going to run your store while you're gone? 
You're going to meet three, four, five thousand vendors. Who do you trust? Who don't you trust? Who's going to ship you? But that's a way that you can buy today and you used to be able to buy. You can buy today off of catalogs. Every major vendor has a catalog. They send it out two, three times a year. But how do you know when something new comes in? How do you know when something is sold out until you call and order it? But those are all kinds of ways to buy. What's happened with the Internet being the next channel of distribution of product is it's a much more efficient way. For instance, if they deal with dollardays.com, we carry 30,000 different products. Everything we sell is by the case, and we have every kind of category. If you walked into a Macy's or a Target or a Walmart that they would carry, so customers can come onto our site, they see whatever they want, and their minimum order is just a case of any product. So they can try a lot of things. We've got 39 inside salespeople who actually talk to our customers and help them through and let them know what the hot sellers are, what's going on, what they believe in. So they have taken the place of the guy who used to sit across your desk 10 years ago and pull out the samples. Our person sits on his side of the desk on the computer and you sit on your side of the computer and together you build your assortment, what you need. Well, that's what I'm going to say. I mean, if I'm a retailer and I come to your site and I've got a choice of 30,000 products, that's just overwhelming. You're saying you've got the structure and the people in your operation that can guide me as a retailer showing me what is selling. That's what I want. I want the products that I'm going to buy that are going to fly off the shelf. And you have the intelligence on what's working around the country? Oh, absolutely. We have the intelligence 24 hours a day because if our salesmen are sleeping on our site to tell you what the best sellers are, what things are hot. So that's one of the beauties of the Internet. It gives you a chance to update that. If we get a hot item in, we can get it up on our site within an hour. In the old days, if you wanted to see a hot item, you had to send a sample. It took a couple of weeks. So we can have items up on our site that are hot right away, and our customers can start buying them right away. And we sell out, they come off the site. You don't see them anymore. Whereas if you had a catalog in your store and you went to order it, you don't know if they're in or out. So the Internet has created a very efficient model to go out and sell, close out, and wholesale products to people that want to resell them. Now, am I updated if I come onto your site and I sign in? Am I notified by email of hot items from my retail store? Absolutely. And you have that choice. In other words, we don't email you unless you want to be emailed. And so if you want to be emailed about closeouts, you want to be emailed about if you're in an apparel store, the hot items in the apparel, if you're a dollar store, the hot items in dollars, all you need to do is check a box, and we'd be glad to do that for you. So how are you able to negotiate such good deals when you're bringing in this stuff from overseas? What expertise does your organization have in bringing in quality and hot merchandise compared to everyone else? Do you have an advantage over your competitors? Well, keep in mind that we have a little over 600,000 customers who have registered with Dollar Days over the years. We are now averaging a little over 1,200 new customers a day signing up with us. So what's happened is we and ourselves have become a chain store in that the distribution that we have with all these thousands and thousands of customers all over the country has given us the buying power as if we were a Walmart, as if we were a Target, because we've got so many outlets to sell our products. So that's one of the ways that we're able to keep the price down where our customers can really afford to not only survive but thrive against these chain stores. Other than offering quality merchandise imports, first of all, are all your items imports or some of your closeouts from here in the United States? It's a combination of both. Unfortunately for the U.S. industry today, 
70% of everything sold in the U.S. is not made here. So that's just the same thing reflected on our site and probably every other wholesaler around the country. I read in the paper about six months ago that 80% of Walmart's vendors are overseas. That's a big number. 80% of their vendors are overseas. So that's just a fact of life of products here in the U.S. is we get so much from overseas. Okay, other than great products, mostly from overseas, and you've got a great book that teaches retailers to give them a reality check to make sure they're doing everything right. Do you offer any other support for your customers that can help them operate their business more effectively in the ideas of promotion and marketing? Yes, again, going back to the reason I wrote the book was we had so many people that wanted to open up businesses. So what we do on our side, again, we're a merchandising company, and we don't charge anything for this because we want to make sure our customers have the right product in their stores to begin with so they come back and buy more. Our business is based on reorders, so we want to make sure that we help establish these customers the right way first. So from us, you can buy all the fixtures you need to run your store. You can buy all the products you need to run your stores, all the signing, everything you need to pretty much open up a store. And we're right there with them. If a customer is thinking about opening the store, call me. I'll talk to them. I want to find out if it's in the right location. I want to know what the neighbors are, what's going on in that particular area, and we'll advise them uh, whether we think it's a good location or not. Again, going back to our business is based on reorders. We're not here for the one-shot order. So one of the beauties of our 39 sales associates is many have been here for years, and they've established customers who rely on them to help them drive their business. We have become almost like a buying office for independent stores. You don't charge for this advice, do you? No. We're here in the long run to just build our customer base. Right. Let me ask you this. I would think, well, it's going to be very expensive opening up a retail store, even a dollar store. I've got the tools to order great products at good margins, but if I don't have good credit, are there ways for me to finance my retail business? Oh, sure. Absolutely. In fact, there's a whole chapter in my book related to how to raise money to finance your business. My one advice, though, for anybody listening is don't borrow money from your brother. You don't really want to get your family too heavily involved in the financing of your business because if for some reason it doesn't work, you got to live with them the rest of your life. That's my main key advice is there are plenty of alternative ways to finance your business, but don't borrow from your brother. Can you give me another way to finance your business that you feel is the best for someone who believes that they can't afford it? Well, number one, we have found that the best way is to get local financing through banks, through angels who believe in your business, within your own town, within your own neighborhood, because these are the people that you deal with and they'll watch you grow. Obviously, the Small Business Association has the loans that they help people with, and you can go outside and start raising money with other venture capitalists, but we believe very heavily that it should be raising the money locally. And since we're on this subject, let's talk about some math. Give me a little bit of the basics of retail math. You talk about this a little bit in Chapter 5 of your book. How do you crunch the numbers, and what do I need to know about math in my retail business? You're listening to Michael Sinoff's Hard to Find Seminars.com. Well, let's assume, and again, there's a whole chapter of the book devoted on charts of what you need to open a business and what you need to run a business and so forth. Or if anybody wants to email me, my email is mark, M-A-R-C, at dollardays.com, D-O-L-L-A-R-D-A-Y-S.com. If they want to email me that they're thinking about opening a business, I'll email them back a couple of charts that we use as guidelines in our business. One of the charts talks about what's the cost to open a store. And here's just the basics. In merchandise, it's going to cost around $20 a square foot to open the store. So, for instance, if I'm opening up a 1,000-square-foot store in merchandise, I'm going to need around $20,000 in merchandise. If I open up a 2,000-square-foot store, you're going to need around $40,000 in merchandise. That's your biggest expense. 
Your second biggest expense are fixtures. Now, we as Dollar Day sell new fixtures, but I highly recommend that you pick up used fixtures in your local marketplace to open up your store. Reason being is customers don't really know if fixtures are new or used once you put product on them. And with people going out of business and other stores that are downsizing, you can always pick up used fixtures. And that's your second biggest expense. Then your third biggest expense, obviously, is the big sign you want out front because you want everybody to know who you are and what you do. And then all the signing inside, you need to get your register. And then obviously, the rent. Most people are looking for first and last month rent and down payment and the security and so forth. And obviously, turn on the electricity in your stores, you need that. Those are the expenses that you need to put in. Again, if anybody buys the book, they can get that out of the book, or if they want to email me, I'll be glad to send them charts on that too. So those are your biggest expenses on opening a store. Then the next biggest expense you have to think through is the running of the store, how much volume you're going to do, how many people you need to hire. I've got charts on that too. I'll be glad to email that to people. You always hear location, location, location when it comes to real estate. Would you say this phrase is accurate for your retail business as well? Yeah, for several different reasons. In the independent entrepreneurial retailing world, there's plenty of locations that you can move into. Number one are underserved neighborhoods. For instance, there are plenty of areas, whether it's the inner city or whether it's a remote area that don't have stores and aren't big enough for chain stores to go in. So it gives you a chance to get into underserved neighborhoods, which are great for independent stores. For instance, my neighborhood here in Arizona, there's no chain stores there. It's all independence because it's not big enough to support a chain store. So there's plenty of places in this country that are still wide open for independent stores. So you kind of want to be where the giants are in that case. At the same time, a real opportunity that presents itself when you're a retailer is to nuzzle up next to a chain store. I mean, they're paying millions of dollars for all kinds of traffic, whether it's a chain grocery store, a chain drug store, a chain discount store. So get close to them and play off their traffic. They're driving the traffic in. And as long as you have a different concept, whether it's large size women that you're selling or dollar store products, then let them pay for the advertising and the traffic. You just play right off of them. So going back to your location, 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 I agree. Can you show me, and is it possible for me to get into the retail business where I'm not trapped as an employee of the business, where I can bring in good management to handle and run everything so I can focus on growing new stores? Is this possible today? 35 years ago. Walmart was an independent store who said, I can beat Sears and I can beat Pennies. I've got a new concept and I can do that. Sam Walton was an independent guy, just like the rest of us a while back. You had mentioned the Zimmermans. They were independent until they built their chain store. So there are icons within this business that have been the independent that says, I've got a better mousetrap. I can do more. So going back to the idea that today is the best time to open up a business, anyone out there can be the next Sam Wall if they've got the right idea and the right concept. And so initially, when you open up your store, you want to make sure you're very hands-on. I mean, it's your baby. It's your concept. It's your idea. And then as you start to grow your business, then you want to go out and start to hire experts who can help you. You don't want to hire people just like you. You want to hire someone who has a different idea or expertise. For instance, you want to make sure that when you're talking about your controller that you want to have someone who understands that business much better than you do. When you hire someone who's going to run your warehouse, who's going to understand that business? 
Because as you build your basics for the people to build your next door, the following store, you want to surround you with people that are much smarter than yourself so that you can just continue to build the business. But can running and hiring employees be a nightmare? Can you give me some tips on how do I find trustworthy employees that aren't going to steal from me, that are going to show up on time, and how can I get them behind me working as a team to make my store successful? And what kind of money should I be expecting to pay them? Well, first of all, you sound like a real cynic when you say, are they going to steal from me? Are they going to take from me? What am I going to do? So the whole process is upfront. You want to make sure that you're hiring correctly. Now, the first thing that I always say is always be hiring. Whether you have an opening in your store or you don't, always be looking for good people because great people will justify their pay, whether it applies to increasing the average sale or running the back room with greater efficiency or expertise to save money. The people will pay for themselves. So when you're always hiring, you want to make sure that no matter where you get great service, that you find out who they are, what they're doing. You want to make sure you're always looking for people that can help you. So you want to say to yourself, where do I find these people? How do I find the right people? Well, obviously, once you start to build this trust of staff, referrals can be one of the best ways to hire people. You can give them the rewards for bringing good people in. Another great way to find people to work for you are customer referrals. If customers like your store, like what you're doing, you can turn that into a positive. Listen, I'm always looking for good people. Who do you know? Because a good, happy customer is going to send you people that they trust. That's true. When people come in the store, they're always asking, hey, are you hiring? Or they're in the store and they like it and they want a job. Yeah, exactly. Or they may have someone else they know that needs a job. So you want to make sure that you're networking with all the community organizations that you have, whether it's a senior citizens group or a job corps group or churches and things like that. There's always ways to find people. Obviously, you can always, now with the new Internet, there's ways to drive people into you through the Internet. If you have a part-time job with the students in the high school or the community college or the college nearby, there's all kinds of ways to find quality people without having to really spend a lot of money to do that. Now, there's all kinds of characteristics that you need to when you're looking for the ideal recruit. First of all, because we're in the service industry, you want to make sure that they are service-minded. You can find that out by their past accomplishments, the positive attitude, reliability. You can find that out very quickly. Secondly, you want to make sure that they are motivated. You want to make sure that they're in retailing for the right reasons, and not the wrong reasons, just because they need a job. Then you want to find out if they're self-directed, because even though you're going to teach them, they've got to be able to go out there and make decisions and help customers and work through problems when you're not there. So you have to make sure they're self-directed. You got to also make sure they're relationship oriented, that they can interact with people. They got to seem naturally warm and have a polite smile and those kinds of things. So you want to make sure that those are the kinds of people that you hire. Retail is detail. Okay? Don't let anybody kid you. Every time you open up your store, it's like a grand opening of the curtain rises for a new performance. So you want to make sure that your people have attention to detail. The small stuff, can they not sweat it? Make sure that they can get that done during the day. You want to make sure that whoever you hire is a team player. In a store or any organization, you got to rely on each other. you got to make sure that they're not undercutting other people, that they're all after the same thing. In our world today, you got to make sure that they're technically adapted. Can they use the register? Can they understand how to track inventory, things like that? And you got to make sure that they're approachable, they're confident, because that's the same way that your customers are going to see them. They have to have lots of energy. They always want to improve. They want to continuously get better. So those are the kinds of things that you need when you're thinking about who you're going to hire and how you're going to staff because never lose sight that your store is a direct reflection of your own personality and everybody sees that and feels comfortable with it.
what should be a good strategy and reason to get into retail, and how should I plan my exit strategy? And let's say I want to build up a series of stores and then sell them. How much can I expect to get when I sell them? Even before you open up your first store, you need to know what I really want to do with this. And that's why we call it the exit strategy. A lot of people want to just keep it for the rest of their lives, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with starting a concept if it's your passion. You open a store, that's what you want to do. You want to pass it on. You want to build this for your family. That's a great strategy. But the exit strategy there that you've got to be very careful of is, okay, if I'm going to keep this store, how am I going to pass it on to my family? How are my kids going to get involved? What am I going to have to do? How's the wife, the husband? What are we going to do to make sure that if something happens to me, it's a smooth transition? So the exit strategy there is how do you pass the store on? But that's one way. A lot of families stay in business from generation after generation, and that's a great way to, to have an exit strategy. I'm passing it down. That's my exit strategy. I'm going to retire. Another exit strategy would be to build your store up so that it's attractive to a bigger entity. In other words, you've got a great little niche there's a guy who owns 10 stores in the other town. He's the one that should buy you. Why not sell it if you can make some money on it? So you can have an exit strategy. Well, I'm going to build the store up to be gobbled up by a bigger guy. I mean, that happens in the financial news every single day. A bigger guy buys a smaller guy. So that's an exit strategy. A third exit strategy would be to build it into more than one store, into a chain of stores, and go public. Now, that has its own set of headaches. But at the same time, it can be very rewarding. You go public, you become very rich. Why not? That's what the American dream is all about. But you know you have to build your company specifically for that, with the accounting, the way it's set up, all the things that need to be done, and so forth. So there are all kinds of extra strategies, and you should think through all this before you even open your door. What are a couple alternatives to the traditional retail store, like kiosks or convenience stores or mini markets? Do you have some experience in that? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned kiosks. In the traditional indoor regional mall years ago, there were not kiosks. There were the traditional stores in these regional malls. You had all the traffic coming back before the stores. But what happened was, a few years ago, kiosks started popping up in these regional stores. You know, you get in kiosks and sell one or two products, and it wouldn't be too competitive with some of the other stores. And what happened is... The regional mall owner said, wow, in a little piece of space here, I can get a lot of rent. And the kiosk owner said, well, to have 100 square feet of space rather than 5,000 square feet of space, I'm spending a lot less money and I'm doing some business. So what happened was, as the traffic started to be reduced in these regional malls because the Targets got stronger, the Walmarts got stronger, Bed and Bath was beyond the outside of regional malls, so all these regional malls started to have flat traffic. The owners of the regional mall said, well, what am I going to do to have more income? So all of a sudden now, when you walk into a regional mall, you see these kiosks all over the place. It's good for the entrepreneur because he can bring in his product, a little bit of space, his rent's not too crazy. It's good for the mall owner because all of a sudden they've got another income of rent coming in. And so the only one who loses out are the stores in the mall that may be losing some business to these kiosks. So interesting business, and every regional mall is looking to add more kiosks because it's just found money for them. Do they charge just for the space, or do they want a piece of everything you sell? It depends on the regional mall that you're in. Most of them at this point in time just charge for the space. Years ago, it used to be a piece of the action, but from accounting standpoint, it turns into a real headache. You share your books with the regional mall, you got to account for everything, and so most of the regionals say, okay, I don't want to go through that. Here's what your rent is, and that's the end of the story. 
Okay, great. Now, how important is marketing when I have my retail store? And from your experience, can you go over some of the most effective marketing strategies you have seen work for your clients and customers? Well, marketing really is the key to success in today's world. Don't get me wrong. You have to have the right product. You have to have the right price and you have to have the right location, and obviously you need to have what everybody's looking for. But the marketing really is key to building a business. Now, one of the interesting things about marketing, especially in smaller towns, is you think that all of the other people in town are your competitors, but it works well banding together. I'm sure you've seen these movements going on where independent stores band together and buy from your independent, buy from your local business, and so forth. That is key in today's world. So I would highly recommend if any of your listeners are independent stores that they look around to the other independent stores in the town. Don't think of them as competition. Think of them as a way to create a marketing avenue so that everybody wins. Yeah, they create and form buying groups. Exactly. And there's all kinds of ways to drive traffic in your store. And if you're a bookstore, you want to have authors coming in. You know, If you're a music store, you want to have in-store performances all the time. If you're a food store, you want to have tasting things going on. Clothing stores want to have fashion shows. Toy stores, you have demonstrations and things like that. You want to make sure that you've got specific events going on in your store that will help you build traffic. The other thing that is very interesting about marketing, and it goes more to public relations, because more and more small towns and small newspapers and small radio stations local ones are always looking for information. And if you can establish yourself as the expert in your particular area, for instance, if you're in the clothing business and you run a junior clothing shop, you become the fashion expert in your community. And you feed information to newspapers, radio, and so forth, so that you become the person that they come to when it's time to find out what's the latest trend. And once that happens, then that's free advertising. That's the best kind of marketing you can. I've noticed on your site you've got some great press releases, and I saw some of your media and some of your national publications in the trade journals, and you've got some great press releases, and I can tell that that has gained you a lot of media attention. Yes, and that can happen on a local level. You become the expert in your business. Feel free to share that with the media, and it works out for everybody. There's all kinds of things all during the year that you want to do to market your area. There's the basic big things, you can do your sale and things like that in January. But there's a lot of interesting other things, for instance, in January. I have a big deal for Elvis Presley's birthday, Martin Luther King Day, Super Bowl, Chinese New Year. And you can go month to month to month. There's all kinds of events that are naturally in the calendar that you as an independent can do that change stores that goes right over their head. All right, Mark, this has been wonderful. We've covered a lot of ground here in the last hour, and I would recommend anyone listening to this to go to dollardays.com, or they can pick up your book, The Secrets of Retailing, or How to Beat Walmart. Can they get it from your website? They can do that, or they can go right to Amazon.com, has the book, The Secrets of Retailing, or Borders.com, or most major bookstores carry it. Then if they need to buy product in bulk, or minimum order just a case of any product, they can come to DollarDays.com, and we'd be glad to turn them into a customer. Wonderful. And let's say you've got a listener here listening, and he's on the edge of opening a retail store, a chain of retail stores. Could he call you personally? Oh, absolutely. Just call in and ask for me, and they'll put you right in. Okay, wonderful. Why don't you give me that phone number? It is 877 877- Eight three seven nine five six nine. That's eight seven seven eight three seven nine five six nine. 
and just ask for me, Mark, M-A-R-C, Joseph, J-O-S-C-P-H, and they'll be glad to put you in, and we'll be glad to talk to you. Oh, good. Well, thank you for sharing all this great information on retailing. That's the end of my interview with Mark Joseph. I hope you've learned a lot, and I hope it's given you some good insight into what it's like being in the retail business today. Hi, it's Michael Sinoff with Michael Sinoff's HardToFindSeminars.com. Here's some information on my HMA marketing consulting system. I'm going to read through the sales letter. This way you can just listen to what it's all about. Let's get started. Here's how to use Richard's simple, risk-free home study system to become a high-paid marketing consultant in 45 days or less without any prior marketing, business, or consulting experience. Dear friend, in this letter, you'll learn a simple, painless, and inexpensive way to become a high-paid marketing consultant in the next 45 days, complete with paying clients in a steady flow of income that comes in year after year. It doesn't matter what your current skills are now, and it doesn't matter if you have any connections or business experience. In fact, all you really need are a few simple systems my friend Richard has developed over the years to become a high-paid and in-demand marketing consultant. And the best part is you do not have to shell out tens of thousands of dollars for the secrets, and you can even use them for yourself almost free if you choose. I'll explain the details of this offer in a second, but first, let me tell you what's in Richard's HMA system and how you can be up and running, earning money soon after getting it. To begin with, if you do your homework, you'll find that there are several competing marketing consulting business opportunities in the marketplace. I'll be the first one to advise you to look into all of them before you invest into any of them, including my HMA system. I've interviewed countless people who have paid enormous fees to attend trainings. I've received first-hand feedback on Y2 Marketing, Action International, Quantum, Topline, Peterson Consulting, and other marketing opportunities, and many of them are actually pretty good. But what separates our HMA system from the other ones I've seen is that with Richard's system, you don't need any previous marketing experience, any business connections, or even a lot of money. In fact, Richard will be the first person to tell you if he can do it, you can do it. How can he be so sure? Because when Richard started, he was broke himself and had very poor selling, speaking, marketing, and presentation skills. And even today, he's just as shy and introverted as the next guy. In fact, the only difference between you and Richard is because of a simple system he invented after attending a J. Abraham marketing consulting seminar over 15 years ago. You see, Richard discovered that while J. Abraham really is a marketing genius, his system, like most other marketing consulting programs today, was not geared toward ordinary people who don't have a lot of money or natural marketing talents. Jay Abraham in the early 90s had credibility, contacts, and millions of dollars. The training Jay taught his consultants was from his own millionaire perspective. But Richard was nearly broke, so broke he had to borrow money from his dad to attend Jay's training. He had no credibility and few contacts. And when Richard went out in the field to test Jay's teaching, he failed. Richard did not quit. After years of experience in organizing the marketing concepts into a workable system, Richard began to experience success. Richard had discovered his own unique system to make money as a marketing consultant that is easy to follow and simple to learn. Richard had created a system that will work whether you're a millionaire like Jay Abraham or broke like Richard struggling to make the rent. 
It's taken Richard 15 years to perfect in tens of thousands of dollars working out the bugs and getting his system so you can approach virtually any kind of business to offer your consulting services. And since sharing his system to the public, Richard has trained marketing consultants in the U.S., the U.K., Nigeria, Luxembourg, Australia, Greece, Ireland, Canada, and even Holland, some who were totally new to marketing when they started. Here's why. With Richard's system, all you do is use the tools he's created for you the exact way he says to use them. And within the first few weeks, you can have a marketing consulting business with paying customers in large fees, dwarfing anything you could make at your regular job. And best of all, you can do it all without pressure, without strain, and without the unbearable personal rejection most marketing consultants endure when getting started. For example, most people getting into the consulting business believe making cold calls to get clients is the worst and most difficult way to get clients. This method is usually reserved for the consultant who has no contacts whatsoever. While other consulting trainings tell you to make prospecting calls yourself, Richard's system trains you to pay others to do your prospecting for you. Take, for instance, the telephone prospecting script in the system. All you do is take the proven phone script, hand them to a part-time telemarketer with a copy of the yellow pages, and tell him or her to call businesses and read the script word for word. This simple method for getting new clients works time and time again. You do none of the calling and you still generate clients. This way, you can be sleeping in, playing golf, or even taking a vacation and have an endless stream of fresh quality appointments coming in each and every day without you lifting a finger. Plus, in addition to these proven phone scripts, you'll get an audio training called How to Get Appointments, which takes your people step-by-step through the whole process on how to use the scripts. That means if you don't want to pay a lot of money for a professional telemarketer, just hire a student or a stay-at-home mom and give her the How to Get Appointments training, and she'll be just as good, if not better, than anyone else at getting you appointments. Of course, the phone is only one way to get clients. Your HMA system also has already tested direct mail letters for selling your consulting services, such as an approach letter and a follow-up letter, a proven collection of postcards designed to generate leads, and even a sample brochure and professional audio presentations. And with the simple tools he'll create, you'll be hitting your prospects from every conceivable angle, giving yourself the maximum chance of capturing those high-quality paying clients within days of starting your consulting business. And if you're really ambitious, then you can use Richard's system to create what's called the podium effect. What's the podium effect? The podium effect is this phenomenon where people will automatically respect, trust, and believe people who talk at seminars or small workshops. And since Richard also includes pre-written seminars and workshop flyers, you can fill a room, give your presentation, and watch as dozens of people scramble to hire you the second you step from behind the podium. Not sure how good you'll be at putting on presentations? No problem, because Richard has already created a powerful presentation seminar outline for you, complete with a PowerPoint presentation and all the training you'll need to be up and running fast. This is the same presentation Richard currently uses to capture clients today. More on this later. You won't have to try and figure anything out or struggle or structure your presentation. Just plug in Richard's pre-made seminar presentation, follow the word-for-word transcript, and you'll be delivering a powerful, proven presentation that gets clients fast. Easy as one, two, three. And here's something else to think about. With Richard's system, you won't have to worry about not having a reputation or a track record of helping business owners with their marketing. 
thing. If you've never done consulting before, I know what you may be thinking now. You're asking yourself, why should these business owners believe anything I say? You're afraid that they will ask you for proof that you can get results. You'll think they'll want referrals before they work with you. You're thinking that you have no credibility. This is only an illusion in your imagination. It's fear, not based on reality. I'm here to tell you this will not happen to you, and here's why. You must understand that your clients are not interested in you. They are only interested in the results you can bring them. Being a fully certified marketing consultant means you'll be able to draw on the successful track record of the HMA system. It's actually pretty simple. Richard has discovered a proven way for you to use his testimonials, his stories, and his success for your business. And by following Richard's simple instructions, you'll be able to borrow Richard's credibility for yourself. Plus, you'll also learn a secret way Richard has invented to create your own credibility within the first 30 seconds of meeting a potential prospect without needing any testimonials testimonials, success stories, or past successes. This is one of Richard's trade secrets, and it works like gangbusters for everyone who uses it. But here's the thing. Getting the appointment or filling a room with prospects is only step one. You can get all the appointments in the world, but if you can't close the sale, then it's all for nothing. Richard knows this more than anyone. After spending hundreds of hours and tens of thousands of dollars of trial and error, he has created a truly foolproof system that lets almost anyone turn at least 25% of your appointments into paying clients. And what makes this possible is Richard's proprietary opportunity analysis worksheet. With this simple document Richard has created, you can walk into any business, command immediate respect and attention, and literally become a marketing miracle man to the owner of that business. The reason why is because the Opportunity Analysis Worksheet lets you literally make over a business owner's marketing and show them exactly how you will create real cash profits right before their eyes. And if this business owner you are talking with has any desire to grow his business at all, then he'll have no choice but to be impressed by you and want to work with you. In fact, the Opportunity Analysis Worksheet makes converting appointments into paying clients so simple you can even do it over the phone. Richard also shows you how to command large fees and even get paid on a portion of the sales you make for your clients for years in the future. It's called a contingency fee agreement. This should only be used with a client after they have hired you and paid you to do project work. Other expensive consulting opportunities teach you that contingency is the only and best way to sell consulting services. And it works like this. If you help your client make an extra 100000 a year, not uncommon for Richard's students, and you make 15% contingency agreement with that client, you will pocket an extra 15000 on top of your regular fees per year. If you do this for just five of your clients, you will make an extra 75000 a year. If you do this for just 10 of your clients, you will make an extra 150000 a year, and so on. Again, this is in addition to your regular fees. You can typically charge a client anywhere from $500 to $5,000 per project, and most clients will need at least four projects. And it's so easy once you understand Richard's system, because Richard really has done 90% of the work for you already. For example, his system includes endorsed letter samples. All you do is find businesses that sell similar but non-competing products and services as the business you are helping and strike a simple deal with them where they send your offer to their customer list for a portion of the profits. 
This way, you and your client make a bundle off the initial sales and even bigger windfall from additional sales later. All from leads that didn't cost your clients a penny to generate. Client reactivating letter samples. This is the easiest way to make fast cash for you and your client because almost nobody goes after his or her inactive clients and customers. And all you do is take one of your pre-written letters and mail it to your client's inactive customers. Watch your clients shake their head in disbelief as inactive customers they thought would never buy again come back to life, spending their money with your client again and again and again. And remember, if you set up simple contingency deals with these clients, as Richard explains in his system, you'll get paid on all that action too. You'll get letter templates for things like special promotions, unique sales, and other events. Each letter is proven to work, and it's almost guaranteed money in your bank account every time you use one of them. These are just a few of the reasons why Richard's students report such fast and easy profits. To hear real stories from existing HMA marketing consultants in their own words, go to hardtofindseminars.com forward slash audio clips H as in Harry dot htm. That's hardtofindseminars.com forward slash audio clips. The A is capital, capital A, and then audio clips with a capital H after clips dot htm. You'll learn how they're able to get clients that pay cash quickly. This is why I have no problem saying nothing could be simpler than using Richard's system to make money quickly and easily as a marketing consultant. And realize this. Every time you make one of your clients money using Richard's paint-by-numbers pre-created tools, you'll become your city's marketing business guru, and you'll have the instant reputation as the go-to guy. As I said before, I've seen all other marketing consulting programs out there, and I have not yet seen anything that even comes close to Richard's system. But you certainly don't have to take my word for it, because you will see you can try everything almost free if you want and see it for yourself. But first, here's a quick breakdown of all the exclusive marketing training you'll be getting in your HMA system. HMA resource number one. This is the actual HMA system. You'll get all 10 HMA operational manuals showing you each step of the way how to capture clients and make them real profits. This collection represents the system. Each binder walks you through all steps of the system. You'll reference these materials as you take your clients through the steps of the HMA system. Richard spent years creating and refining these modules. Each comes in their own three-ring binder. You'll use these manuals as you follow along in resources two and three. HMA resource number two, the 1995 HMA live seminar training. You'll own 25 hours of cutting-edge HMA marketing training in a downloadable audio format. Richard's first live marketing consulting seminar was conducted in early 1995. Your 1995 training features Richard at the top of his game teaching a room packed with students his system for becoming a successful marketing consultant. Each student paid $5,000 to attend. You'll be able to download, hear, and learn everything you need about capturing clients and creating marketing systems for them. It's like having Richard right there with you showing you exactly what to do each step of the way. HMA resource number three, the 2005 HMA live seminar training. You'll get Richard's most recent live training on DVD. 
This is the same training Richard did from 1995, but updated 10 years later. You'll see Richard in action in full color and live in front of a room full of students eager to learn Richard's secrets of his HMA consulting system. Each DVD is professionally produced. The picture quality and sound is perfect. You can play your DVDs in your home, computer, or portable DVD players. You can even take it on the road with you. I've also arranged to have your audio from each of your DVDs converted to downloadable MP3 audio files. You'll not only be able to watch this newest training in video, but you'll have full access to download each audio as an MP3 file. You can also burn CDs to play in your home or car CD player. Any way you choose, you'll sit from the comfort of your home, car, or office and have Richard transform your mind into a human hidden marketing assets detector. After learning Richard's system, you'll be trained to sniff out found money in virtually any business lucky enough to retain your services. Richard's students pay thousands of dollars to learn what you'll get in these DVD trainings alone. HMA resource number five, the HMA group training video DVDs. This is Richard's most recent training conducting live group training for 15 business owners wanting to learn how to grow their business. The group training concept is another way for you to make money. Richard discovered that many of the businesses he talks to want his consulting services but could not afford his one-on-one fees. As a result, Richard started working with manufacturing associations and started doing group trainings with 10 to 20 business owners at a time. Each group training would last for two hours, twice a month for three months. You can charge anywhere from $500 to $3,000 per business owner. If you were to do group training for 10 businesses and let's say you charged only $1,000 each, you would make $10,000 for only 12 hours of work. That's $830 an hour. I have never seen any easier way to make money than this. Imagine using one of your pre-written letters from your HMA system and sending it out as an email to a list of your local chamber members at no cost to you. Then, imagine prospects attending your free seminar on how to grow a business without advertising. Then, imagine taking your guests through the pre-designed HMA PowerPoint presentation crafted to sell group trainings and one-on-one consulting services. Remember the podium effect? Then, imagine having 10 people fighting their way to you with checkbooks in hand ready to pay you anywhere from $500 to $3,000 each. If you're the consultant who likes action in an exciting group atmosphere and who likes to make a lot of money fast, this presentation is for you. Your set of group training DVDs will show you exactly how to execute this training. You'll have access to pre-designed workbooks to provide each one of your paying clients, and you may even have these workbooks private labeled with your consulting name on the cover. But there is a minimum order of 10 sets. HMA resource number five, you'll get lifetime access to exclusive online training and support in your HMA university, including online audio, email, telephone, backup, and more. You'll hear intensive interviews with marketing consultants making anywhere from $500 to $2 million a year doing marketing consulting. You'll learn their secret ways of making money and how they run their consulting businesses for maximum profit and minimum work. These interviews and trainings are updated regularly and published in your HMA University, which means you'll have all the support and feedback you need to make your consulting business fly right from the start.
HMA resource number six, you'll get my famous joint venture magic course, including audio training, joint venture sales letters, and sample contract and agreements. This course sells for $595 on my site, but you'll get it for free as part of your HMA system. And trust me, if you do nothing else but harness the enormous power of joint ventures as explained in this course, you'll never worry about money again. Plus, this joint venture course also includes a collection of contracts and letters of agreements for use in your consulting practice. You'll have agreements for contingency marketing, copywriting, intellectual property rights, marketing consulting retainer fees, non-disclosure forms, creating new profit centers, referral fees, and many more. Without a doubt, you would have to pay tens of thousands of dollars in legal fees for a collection of agreements like these. But this entire collection is yours when you become an HMA consultant. HMA resource number seven, you get a gift certificate for $1,000 off my audio creation service. This will pay for itself a 100 times over in your first year alone. Here's why. If your client can talk into a phone, I can create him an information product that can sell for anywhere between $497 and $3,900. I've done it myself. I've sold hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of information products using this very system. And with your help, he can then sell the product to use it to generate leads for his business. And of course, if you set up a contingency agreement, you will get paid on those sales too. You'll also get a certificate worth $500 off my audio infomercial service. There's nothing better than a hard-hitting audio recording that features the benefits of your product and service, and there's no better delivery than the Internet. Plus, you can also use this service for your own business. When you have your own unique audio infomercial, you'll literally ooze with the kind of ironclad credibility money can't buy, and even your most skeptical prospects will want to hire you right on the spot. And perhaps the best part about your certificate is that it can be sold or transferred to your clients. There is no expiration date as long as you remain an active HMA consultant. HMA resource number eight, free publicity and press training from the publicity doctor. This is huge, especially when you set up contingency or commission deals, because every time you use free publicity, money will come back to you in buckets without your clients having to do anything but answer the phone and answer a few questions. You'll learn the secret of getting millions of dollars in free publicity for your business and your clients' businesses in newspaper, magazine, television, and radio. HMA resource number nine, you'll also get the reprint and resale rights to 23 professional professionally written business reports, including insider business strategies, five ways to increase your bottom line profits without spending an extra dime on advertising, quick fix marketing, one-shot turnaround strategies for 50 different companies. This gives you 50 marketing plans for 50 different businesses. Chances are your client will fall under one of these categories, and you can use these reports to make your job easier than ever before. The Headline Bank, 100 Top Money-Making Headlines. How to Up Your Profits in a Down Economy, 114 Tips and Techniques and Tactics to Kickstart Your Cash Flow. Yellow Page Success Secrets. How to Attract More New Business with a Riveting Ad that Captures Immediate Attention. How to Use Brochures to Grow Your Business, and more. 23 in all. The great thing about having all these reports is not only this great business information, but that you can also resell these reports. You're going to have all the rights you need to put your own company name on them and resell them to your clients to make revenue. This is a residual income opportunity built into the HMA consulting training. You'll own these reports in Microsoft Word and PDF files so that you can reproduce these for your clients 
clients to sell to them directly. HMA resource number 10, the marketing, reprint, and duplication rights to a collection of my 117 hours of audio content and written transcripts from hardtofindseminars.com. You'll own the use rights, not the resale rights, to over 117 hours of downloadable audio interviews, marketing lessons and transcripts by Bob Bly, Mark Joyner, Gary Halbert, Jay Conrad Levinson, Tom Hopkins, Brian Keith Foyles, Carl Galetti, Ted Nicholas, Joe Vitale, the PR doctor, Art Hamill, Millionaire Mr. X, Taylor Trump, Herschel Gordon Lewis, and many other marketing experts. You'll instantly have a mountain of new products you can use to get more customers, clients, subscribers, in strategic business contexts. Use as free bonuses to sell consulting projects and services. Offer as special incentives to help your clients sell more of their existing products. Package and bundle together to make one-of-a-kind products to give them away free to build goodwill. Educate and excite your clients. Your options of what you can do with this content is endless. This content has been a labor of love that has taken me 10 years to build. I've invested tens of thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours to put this material together, and yet I'm making it available to you as an HMA consultant at no cost whatsoever. HMA resource number 11, a lifetime membership to to hardtofindads.com. You'll get over 700 typed word-for-word transcripts from the world's largest digital swipe file of editorial-style ads by the highest-paid and most successful copywriters in the world, like Eugene Schwartz, Claude Hopkins, Gary Halbert, Brian Keith Voiles, John Carlton, and Ben Suarez. This is like having a team of the world's top copywriters on your desk telling you exactly what to write to make a winning promotion. These ads have pulled in hundreds of millions of dollars in sales and are proven templates that will work for you and your clients. In many cases, you can take what's already been done and adapt it to what you're selling. Products with just half the profit-producing ads sell for over $5,000, but they're all yours free as part of this super HMA consulting package. HMA resource number 12, 24-7 remote control consulting service selling tool. Selling consulting people who don't want consulting can zap your motivation stone dead and eat hours of valuable time. You should only be selling your services to qualified prospects, and so you get a valuable time-saving tool to pre-sell our HMA system for you. It's a PowerPoint presentation outlining all the steps in the HMA system. This presentation will let you send a link to any prospect in the world with Internet access and have them learn about what you can do for their business as an HMA consultant. In other words, it takes you out of the selling position until they have gone through the presentation. If your prospect doesn't do this, they aren't uniquely qualified as a legitimate prospect and are not worthy of your valuable time and expertise. You'll get this presentation customized with your photo, your company logo, your website, and your email address branded throughout. This one tool has saved me hundreds of hours by letting me pre-sell and educate prospects about the HMA system without my direct involvement. You'd pay thousands of dollars to produce a selling tool on your own like this, but it's yours to use and brand the second you become an HMA consultant. Resource number 13, you'll own 100% usage rights to all your marketing tools, sales letters, postcards, presentations, ads, press releases, client generating reports, client testimonials, manuals, my million dollar consultants list of service providers, and more. Everything you need. Well, what about support? As an HMA marketing consultant, you'll be in business for yourself, but not by yourself. 
By that I mean, when you have a question, you get Michael Sunoff, not some customer service rep that doesn't speak English. You'll get me working directly with you. You'll get me returning your calls minutes after you leave a message, and that includes weekends. You'll get me returning your emails in hours, not days. You'll even get marketing assets I've accumulated over the years, like my knowledge on direct mail, marketing, advertising, and copywriting. In other words, I am always here for you. No question is a stupid question except the question you don't ask. And I'm personally going to do whatever I can to help you. If you need something, just ask, and I'll do whatever I have to do to get any answer you're looking for, whether it's asking Richard or going to my network of millionaire marketing and business experts. If I don't have an answer for you, I will find someone who does. And finally, as I said at the beginning of this letter, you get to try everything out. Use all the tools and learn all the secrets without having to risk a single penny of your own money. Here's why. If you follow the system step-by-step exactly the way Richard teaches and you don't capture your first client in 45 days or less, I'll refund 100% of your purchase price with no questions asked, no hard feelings, and no trying to talk you out of it. All of which means you can test drive this system without risking a penny. And I mean that. I want you to hold my feet to the fire for 45 days. Use the system. Play with it. Compare it to other systems. And see for yourself exactly what you have in your hands. And if you aren't making money with this system in your first 45 days, then return it. How much does it cost? Well, I've done the math, and the tools, resources, and personal help is easily $22,000 worth of material, probably even a lot more. And other popular marketing systems I've seen with only a tiny fraction of the features in the HMA system cost $30,000 plus ongoing fees and even royalties on the money you make. In fact, that is the standard practice to take a cut of the money you make with their system. But with Richard's HMA system, you won't be paying any royalty fees, nor will you be paying $30,000 or $20,000 or even $10,000. No, you can claim your complete HMA marketing system with the tools, manuals, videos, audios, lifetime access to ongoing HMA university training, and all the high-powered marketing resources I've listed in more for just six payments of $995 plus shipping and handling or one payment of $5,970 plus shipping and handling. The six-payment plan is my way of letting anyone get started. This is not a layaway plan where you only get your system until after all the payments have been made. No, you'll get all 13 resources described in this letter, starting with your first payment of $9.95 plus shipping. Shipping in the U.S. is only $43. Shipping international is between $90 and $200, depending on your location. And again, there are no additional fees to pay after all your payments are made. This investment is chump change compared to the tens of thousands of dollars you can save and make with our HMA system over the course of your life, even in the first month if you choose. This tax-deductible investment is small compared to what you're getting, especially when compared to what other marketing consulting courses with a lot less value and with all their fees and royalty. However, there are two small catches to this. First of all, do you remember earlier in this letter when I said I was giving you my audio creation infomercial at a huge discount? Well, if you become an HMA consultant, you're going to be dealing with a lot of people who will want and need that service. And I'm hoping you will send some of those people my way to get these audio services done when the time is right. 
If you become an HMA consultant in the next 30 days from the date of this letter, I'll happily pay you a fat 20% finder's fee for any audio work you refer over. Yet another way you can make money with the system without so much as lifting a finger. But this is another of the main reasons why I'm giving you all this value at this ridiculously low price. And I'd be lying if I said I wasn't offering this deal as much for me as I am for you. And secondly, even though you're free to use your HMA system anywhere without restrictions, I have severe limits on the number of systems Richard will let me sell within each geographical area. Richard wants to make sure as an HMA consultant you have the maximum opportunity to profit without competitors. So being accepted as an HMA consultant is not guaranteed, and the only way to be sure of claiming your system is to act now. All you have to do is call me personally at 858-274-7851, and together we'll determine if becoming an HMA consultant is right for you. If we're both in agreement, I'll send you a payment agreement by email in the form of a PDF document. You'll complete it and fax it back to me at 858-274-2579. I'll then process your payment and send you the membership details for the HMA Online University, and I'll rush your HMA system to you by U.S. Mail or Federal Express. You can start listening to your online audio lessons immediately while waiting for the rest of your HMA system to arrive. And that's it. If you have any questions, please feel free to call me at 858-274-7851. Yours sincerely, Michael Sinoff. P.S. Please keep in mind that while it really is easy and simple to make money with Richard's system, it is not for everyone. I say this because if you and I talk and I find that you're not a fit for this system and I say no, please don't take it personally. There are some people who just shouldn't be marketing consultants, especially with Richard's system. But the one way to find out is to give me a call at 858 254-7851. If you get my voicemail, please leave your name, your area code and phone number, say that you're calling about the HMA system, and I'll call you back at once. Please do not email. I get so much spam that your email may never make it to me. If you're still not sure if my HMA system is right for you, go and hear real stories from other HMA marketing consultants in their own words how they were able to get their first clients. All you have to do is go to hardtofindseminars.com forward slash capital A-U-D-I-O-C-L-I-P-S, capital H, That's hardtofindseminars.com forward slash audioclipsh. The A is capital and the H is capital. Thanks for listening.